Mackerel Podcast number 347 for March 20th, 2013. Welcome to another Mackerel Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. In last week's episode, I spoke with Andy Anatko about his switch from the iPhone to an Android-based Samsung Galaxy S3. This week, I speak to a temporary switcher, Lex Friedman, who spent a month with Nokia's Windows phone. Will Lex Fighter switch? Let's find out now. I'm joined by Lex Friedman, who, for the better part of a month, has given up his iPhone for a Nokia Lumia 920 running the Windows Phone operating system. Say hello, Lex. Hello, Lex. Nice to hear from you. Thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure to join you on the show, Chris. Thank you. So how long has this been going on for your illicit relationship with this Windows Phone? <laughs> well, uh, the Windows Phone and I began seeing each other exclusively uh, just about 30 days ago. So it's it, my month is actually is up as of tomorrow. And where is the iPhone now? Well, for several weeks, I had shipped the iPhone away to this company called AnnoStyle, uh, where they, they anodize the metal on your iPhone and change its color. And uh, I figured this was the perfect time to do it because I didn't need my phone and you have to get rid of your phone in order to do it. So it right. literally arrived back in my home today. Have you unboxed it yet? I took it out of the box, but it has no SIM card, and I had reset it before I sent it away, so I can't even activate it right now until I pop a SIM in, and I won't do that until tomorrow. I'm a man of my word, Chris. I said I'm using this Windows phone for a month. I'm using it for a month. Okay. Well, good for you. The first week, you were pretty impressed with this new phone. If I can recall, well, what was your emotional state at the time? Well, I, it was it was uncautiously optimistic, I would say. Okay. Where, you know, I, I had been... I had written a, a piece or two for Macworld talking about uh, things that I feel like iOS could do better. And sometimes I had been making comparisons in those articles to Windows Phone, but I was doing that without ever having used Windows Phone just from seeing screencasts and mm-hmm. reading about what Microsoft was doing. So before the phone arrived, I was excited to get the Lumia 920 in my hand. I was excited to see the home screen and figure all that stuff out. So when it came, what I was this is what I had said to to the folks at Microsoft when they loaned me the phone was I, I'll tell you, sight unseen, my anticipation is there's going to be a lot of things I like. There will be some things that I miss from iOS, and the biggest problem will be uh, missing my favorite apps from the iPhone side. Mm-hmm. In the first week with the Windows phone, I found that I was right. There were plenty of things I liked. There were a couple of things I missed. But the app issue did not bother me, at least not nearly as much in week one. Uh, there are It's sort of like the old Mac versus PC debate where when, when folks would, would mock us Mac users years ago, they would say, well, you know, there's so many more software options for, for Windows. And we would say, yeah, that's fine. You have 20 word processors and we have two, but two is, is enough. We only need mm-hmm. one good one. Uh, and it kind of felt that way on the Windows phone side too, where there are not, you know, 200 Twitter apps to choose from, but I found one that was pretty decent and it got the job done well enough. So I, I, the app issue wasn't a problem. Uh, and there are, I mean, so I guess my first week, to answer your question in as long-winded a way as possible, the first week I, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I was enjoying a lot of what I saw. So speaking of that conversation with Microsoft, did you have any difficulty persuading them to loan you a phone? The truth is um, I went to Ben, the PC guy. He's actually, uh-huh. he's becoming an increasingly prominent personality. I believe his first TV commercials start airing next week. Um 
but uh, he's the guy who tries to get people smoked by Windows Phone, where he goes uh-huh. out and meets real people, and they have their iPhone or their Nexus something or other, and then he has his Windows Phone, and they race to compete tasks, and Ben usually wins. As it turns out, Ben the PC guy also grew up in my hometown of Why I'm Missing Pennsylvania, and he and I were carpool buddies going to Hebrew school each day, and we went to the same public school. We, we were assigned to the same row on the bus one year. Uh, so it was fairly easy to convince him to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I will acknowledge that they were very slow in doing it. It took about 11 months between when I first asked for it. It was Windows 7 when I asked for the Windows phone. I didn't get it until Windows 8 and the Lumia 920 many, many months later. Huh. Yeah, because and not a knock on Microsoft, but I I have found that they're pretty cautious, particularly when you mention something like Macworld or or maybe probably not TechHive, but but Macworld at least. When you say, we really want to do a fair comparison of this, and they sort of give you the hairy eyeball and say, "Uh uh-huh. And the thing I tried to convince them ahead of time is um, I really was not going in. I had a, a, a suspicion about what was happening, but my goal was not to say, here's why Windows Phone is terrible. I I mean, to me, the, the traffic on my story would have been better. And for me, life would be more exciting if at the end I was saying, I am switching to Windows Phone. That's, you know, that would be an exciting thing. So I was, mm-hmm. I was no. fully open to that happening. Okay. So generally... Um, how difficult did you find it to move from iOS to Windows? Did the interface make sense to you immediately, or did you feel like you're on another planet? Uh, I felt like a stranger in a strange land during the first week, and I, I don't think that's Windows Phone's fault so much as it you know if you switched from Windows to a Mac or anything else, you're going to have that period of these things don't work the way that they're that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing, I'll see if I can describe this in words. Uh, you'd think I'd be able to. The biggest thing that's different is, you know, when you look at most apps on the iPhone where you'll navigate between screens, you have tabs along the bottom row and you tap along these tabs on the bottom of the screen to switch between different views. So if it's a Twitter app, let's say you'd have your, your main timeline and then tab for mentions and a tab for direct messages, things like that. But, uh, Windows Phone almost never shows tabs. In fact, I would say I have never seen an app that shows that kind of tab. Instead, you swipe the whole screen from left to right to switch between views. So uh, this comes into play, for example, in the email app. My first week, I kept swiping to delete a message, but there is no swipe to delete a message in the Windows Phone email client. When you swipe, you switch from the view that's showing your full inbox to one that's showing just your unread messages. So I would continually switch between these tabs over and over again when I meant to be swiping to delete. Now, I will say the Windows Phone approach makes sense on Windows Phone. It's, they, they, many apps stick to it, and it's, it's implemented uniformly. But mm-hmm. there is an inherent weakness. On iOS, you look down at the tab row, and you see, oh, these are, these are the different things I can navigate to. On Windows Phone, you can see just the very left edge of the next pseudo tab you know that's at the uh, the on off the right side of the screen, but you don't know what all the tabs are until you manually swipe through them. That does seem very odd. Yes, that you that you would have to become familiar with the interface, and then you know. But that sounds like it would take an entire day of just swiping around, saying, "Oh, that's where that is." Right. Uh, you know, there's many things feel very similar. You know, you do a lot of tapping and holding to expose other options. It's, you know, there's pinch to zoom and all those things, but there are enough differences that, you know, it takes time. I will say I was surprised by how much was in common. I I didn't know if patent issues or other licensing things would come into play, but when I wanted to rearrange the home screen, the home screen being one of my favorite Windows phone features, I just tried the iOS approach of tapping and holding on an icon on the screen and uh, it totally worked. So what do you like so much about the home screen? So, With iOS, you get the grid of icons, and the grid of icons has many defenders. It's clearly served iOS very well. Um, The problem is, for me, I have hundreds of apps now on my iPhone, and every screen sort of looks the same. 
even worse if you put lots of folders on there because every screen of folders looks the same. Mm-hmm. With Windows Phone, what it's doing right is it's got what they call live tiles. So each app's icon can be one of three different sizes. It can be a large square, it can be a tiny square that's one quarter of the large square, or it can be a a, a wide rectangle that's the size of two of these large squares. So as you rearrange your screen, you can say, you know, apps that I want to have be more prominent, I'll give the large square size to. And since this this got this live tile thing, that comes into play in this way. So for example, on my Windows phone right now, I've got a an app from uh, the Weather Channel, and I also have a different app whose name I don't know that does weather. But when I have them in this larger square size, they show the current weather conditions, and then after a few seconds, they flip over and show me the forecast for the next day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got my email client that shows just how many unread messages I have, but if I make it larger, it'll also show me the subject line in the first sentence of a message. And right now on my calendar one, since it's large enough, it shows that I have a podcast session with you right now. Um, so it's it's sort of taking a bit of notification center, which Windows Phone sorely lacks, and coupling it with these app icons, but it means that the individual icons can show more information uh, than just a simple badge, and that... Uh, I, for me, it gives me much more visual stuff to to hang my hat on to, for for muscle memory or visual memory, some combination thereof. Where with things at different sizes, I can prioritize apps that need more visual love for me to remember where they are and stuff. And it, for me, it just it was a, a clever way to organize the screen. So, do you have any thoughts on the physical layout of the two? Is there is the Windows Phone a larger phone than the uh, iPhone five? Yeah, the the Windows Phone is big and it's heavy. It weighs just under a half a pound, and it's more than five inches tall. The screen is four and a half inches. Uh, it actually is slightly more pixel dense than the iPhone 5's Retina display. Uh, so, although they don't call it that, it is a Retina display on the uh, the Windows Phone, or it's the equivalent thereof. Uh, but it's it's way bigger. <laughs> um, and I hadn't realized. I mean, I, I knew when I got it that it was bigger and heavier. I didn't realize how much heavier until the iPhone came back in the mail today and I picked it up and was once again shocked at how light the iPhone 5 is. But I have to say, overall, I don't mind the size. It means that you can fit a whole lot of stuff on the screen. Um, you can see a whole lot of stuff. It's a big screen. It's, I mean, it still fits in my pocket. It's not so big. It's smaller than my wallet in terms of thickness and height and everything else. So I, I although I was hesitant to embrace the giant phone market i i understand its appeal now do you generally work with just your thumb when using an iphone or, or are you sort of a two-handed user anyway when i would say for most things i'm a one-handed iphone user and i just do two-handed when i'm typing on mm-hmm. the keyboard I, I people who type with one finger chris they make me crazy uh jason snell among them but <laughs> um i do the uh i do I guess I end up using one hand with the Windows Phone too. I'm using it in my right hand right now as I speak. Um, and you def- I, I know when I made the adjustment, I don't know if this was true for you too, Chris. When I made the adjustment from the, the original size iPhones to the iPhone 5, I had to start doing a little bit more uh, pinky as kickstand work where you sort mm-hmm. of drop the, the iPhone down so that your finger can reach to the top of the screen. And so I was already mentally prepared, I guess, or physically prepared for that uh, exertion level with the windows phone but it's definitely necessary there too okay but it's not a big deal no it's i mean i i think that when apple inevitably does make a huge iphone people are going to love it okay all right so let's move to the second week and um you know i i think this those little hearts that were sort of 
swirling around your head had started to dim a little bit. Um, you still like some parts of the phone, but the, the infatuation had lessened that you saw some of the downsides of this phone. So what were your thoughts during that second week? So I, I alluded to the biggest one already, but it's the Windows phone is terrible with notifications. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got this one benefit, clear benefit over the iPhone, which is that the lock screen can can do more than than the iOS lock screen, where my lock screen right now with that same weather app shows me the current weather conditions along with a five day forecast. And I like having that information whenever I just light up my phone, even if I don't fully unlock it. But while it can do that, it, the notifications and the lock screen do very little else to help me. You have to pick one app that can get primary attention on the lock screen. For me, I use the email app, but all I can see is my most recently unread message. Uh, if other notifications come in, a Twitter mention, uh, app.net something, or a phone call or a text message, uh, if you don't see it when it arrives, if you don't see the notification, you have no idea what came in. Some apps will are able to badge the home the, mm -hmm. the lock screen a little bit so I could see, you know, you have two text messages, but no detail on who they're from. Uh, when you think about the iOS lock screen and how it sort of stacks up all the different notifications you've had come in so you know exactly what they all are. Uh, other apps, though, uh, don't even do the badge. So you might hear a sound or you might not even know that a notification has come at all. And until you unlock the phone and study those same live tiles I was talking about before, you don't realize, mm -hmm. oh, I have a message to reply to on app.net. But the notifications thing really is very frustrating. There's there's no way even when you're, you know, the, the Windows phone has banner alerts just like, or banner notifications just like the iPhone does. Mm -hmm. But the email app doesn't do that. So when I'm using my phone, um, let's say I'm playing my favorite Windows phone game and an important email from the boss comes in, I don't see it because nothing shows up on the screen. For some reason, notifications and uh, email especially feel like afterthoughts on the Windows phone. And those are things that I, I care about a lot. Did this ever make sense to you? I mean, did you think about it for a few days and say, oh, now I see why they're doing that? Or does, is it just simply, wow, they really missed the boat on this one and they need to fix this? You know, I asked Ben the PC guy. Mm -hmm. and uh he on the had, bus yeah he had on the way to hebrew school i was talking to him about this and he uh basically there are two things that microsoft sort of says about this the first is they have acknowledged they quote ran out of time to create a notification center uh which is crazy because it doesn't right. seem like it's that hard but that that has been their party line to a couple of publications that they ran out of time on notification center which in theory means one is coming and that'll be a wondrous day for all windows phone devotees mm -hmm. The other thing is Microsoft's early ad campaign, at least for the Windows phone, was um, I, I forget their exact terminology, but the idea was when they were marketing to folks who already had smartphones, it was, you know, free yourself from the confines of your existing smartphone, you know, release the chains. And so I think they're trying to embrace this current failing of Windows phone by saying this is a, you know, this is a lower key approach. Zen out, man. Don't worry about the incoming emails and don't don't worry about who said what on which social network. Just just let your phone sort of be chill and you'll get to it when you get to it, which is an approach, I guess. Uh, it's just not one that I'm interested in. I am not Zen, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it moves from smartphone to sort of stoned phone <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> like dude whatever man just don't pay attention to this stuff man it's just gonna it's gonna trip you out that's exactly right uh, yeah huh. my my the windows phone does not want you to harsh it's mellow yes well okay i think you might mention that to the pc guy just say <laughs> you know in your next ad campaign you might that's consider right. don't harsh your mellow get a windows phone um so also in your oh no go ahead 
I was just going to say, do you want to hear more of my week two complaints? Because notifications um, was a big one. I was going to bring one of them up because Go um, for it. I actually did read your pieces. I and, uh, I noticed there's an awful lot about Siri in there. Now, I'm someone who doesn't use Siri all that much um, because I never go anywhere and I have no life. But it seems to me that you use Siri quite a lot and you were expecting your Windows phone to duplicate this Siri functionality and indeed it did not. It's funny that you say that because I feel like I use Siri a lot because I work from home and have no life, you know, never leave the house. But so I'm not embarrassed or intimidated to start talking to my phone to make it do my bidding. But it's true. Uh I I do a lot of Siri for, I do it for iMessaging and I use it for scheduling reminders. And uh, I use trans or dictation a a lot uh, because I find that's, if I have a lot to say, it makes more sense to me to to speak it than to type it out. Uh, So Windows Phone has tell me. And it does a tiny, itty-bitty bit of what Siri does, uh, but not especially well and not nearly enough. So you can send text messages, which I found somewhat useful. But on my iPhone, you know, I'll say, text my wife, I'm on my way home. But on Windows Phone, I have to first say, text Lauren, because it doesn't know who my wife is. And mm-hmm. then it says, okay, I'm ready to text Lauren. What do you want to say to her? And it's a very long message when it explains, okay, I understand what you want to do, and I'm now ready for the next step. But it's, you can't skip this step. You have to wait and have it tell you, okay, go ahead. Let's, let's hear your message. And then I tell it the message, and then I send it. Um, so that sort of stuff feels slow. And then there is no reminder option. And I'm a big fan of scheduling reminders with mm-hmm. Siri. It's sort of how I manage my life. Uh, that's why my output's been lower on Macworld, I would say, the past 30 days. I just can't remember all the things I'm supposed to do. Uh, now, there are a couple third-party apps that aim to fill the Siri gap on Windows Phone. And I've tried several of them. And they're good. But it's there's definitely an inherent slowness to saying, let me first unlock my Windows Phone. And then let me navigate to that tile and then tap that tile wait for that app to launch and then tap its microphone and then start speaking um so that's you know i used an app called ask ziggy which is good and then i've used an app more recently called maluba which is even better it's m-a-l-u-u-b-a uh and you know the maluba one really does 90 percent of what siri can do it can learn that my wife is lauren and it can handle very conversational instructions it sort of gets some of the contextual awareness that siri has and tell me lacks where if i have texted somebody i can also say also text them this and it knows that i'm still talking about that same person but it just feels it feels kind of clunky to go through a third-party app especially since when you want to do those things like send a text message or create an appointment it then switches you to the associated app and you have to quit the one app and go back in if you want to do another vocal instruction okay so if voice command isn't all that how about the keyboard if if it has a really awesome keyboard maybe you don't need to use something that's trying to be siri well i week one i was excited about the keyboard it's a big phone so you got a lot of room on the keyboard and that does a couple things it gets a few more marks and certain views that you can get to easily which i like i can get to the comma on the main keyboard screen which i enjoy but you've got and the other thing that the room gives you space for is a better concept, at least, for autocorrect and typing suggestions. Nobody mm-hmm. types great on a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. But so on iOS, you type, and then as it thinks it knows what word you want, it'll suggest it. And if you hit the space bar, you accept that word. With Windows Phone, you get three or four words that it thinks you might be aiming to type, all printed above the keyboard as you're typing. Uh, so it gives it a better chance. And you can even horizontally scroll through that list of words that it thinks are maybe the one you're trying to type. And then you can tap on one and it sticks it right in there, which is, you know, very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even better, it doesn't just look at what you're typing, it also looks at the context. So if you say, you know, if you type in I have a, then it might, you know, suggest things like question even before you've typed a character because that's a common noun to come after I have a, let's say. Um, and that's all very smart. The problem is the keyboard doesn't trust itself enough. iOS autocorrect, when it has a suggestion, it's ready to, to stand by that suggestion. And if you hit the space bar prematurely because that suggestion's on the screen, it's going to spill that word out there onto the screen and you're done. But with Windows Phone, it waits until you've typed just about the entire word or maybe mistyped the entire word before it's ever willing to even consider saying this is definitely the suggestion you want me to type in. And even then, it very rarely switches one of those word suggestions up at the top from plain text to bold. And when you see bold, then you know, yes, it knows what I want automatically. I can just hit space and it's going to accept that word. But when that doesn't happen, which is the majority of the time, you have to go back up to that top row and tap on the word you want. And it's, it's just, it slows things down. So it's, it's more accurate than hitting all the keys, but it still feels very slow and clunky because the keyboard never trusts itself enough to say, yes, this must be the word you're after. And uh, I, I want it to be better. There's, there's a lot of potential there. And if, if Microsoft can dial up the confidence level so that it'll more fluidly stick in its suggestions as I'm typing, then I think the, the keyboard will outshine iOS's completely. Okay. Well, so week one, good first date. Week two, <laughs> second date, you're kind of wondering now. You've, you've completed week three, and it looks to me like you're ready to you know run off allegedly to the bathroom and not come back to the table so um <laughs> how how is that going now so uh as i said i'm very eager to get back to my iphone but with week three here were the problems that i started noticing the first one was as i had been warned when i announced i was doing this windows phone experience the lumia 920's battery life is subpar and i wrote on macworld and on tech hive that i feel like the iPhone 5's battery life is merely okay. It's certainly not terrible, but I also think it's less than great. I would be fine with it if Apple said, we're going to make the next iPhone be, you know, 45% thicker, and it's only to accommodate a larger battery, so it'll mm -hmm. last 45% longer. That'd be great by me. But uh, the Lumia 920's battery is slightly worse than the iPhone's battery, which, again, I think is merely okay. So it's been annoying. You know, if I'm at home all day and it's on a Wi-Fi network all day and I'm mostly using my Mac or, you know, sort of cheating on my experience here by using the iPad, it's fine. But, you know, I had a day where I met Jason Snell in New York City and so I was on a bus. I, not like I was riding the iPhone, or sorry, riding the Windows phone the whole time and uh, using it all day long, but it was, you know, connecting to different LTE networks in New York and switching to 4G networks sometimes and trying to get my emails and all those push notifications. And uh, the phone went into battery saver mode before I even got back on the bus to go home. And I was only in the city for three or four hours. Wow. And uh, that's frustrating. Now, battery saver mode itself is clever. It's a bright spot. You know, it's when the phone sees that the battery level's low, it'll start doing things automatically to conserve so that you don't have to. It'll turn off most push notifications. It'll stop, uh, it'll stop automatically checking for email until you launch the email app, and then it'll check again. Uh, I think it dims the screen, although I tended to leave the screen on the lowest setting because it was plenty bright for me anyway. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that stuff was clever. Uh, but it, it seemed I, I would get into battery saver mode much earlier than I thought seemed reasonable. And so that was annoying. Okay. And now you have one day left. Um, yeah. it, it's at this point in the relationship, I think you, you've pretty much broken up. Um, <laughs> and you're considering your next partner. And so you look back at the Windows phone, you think, well, there were some things I liked about her. 
But, you know, my iPhone, there, there's certainly things that I like about her, too. And maybe I'll go back to her as well. I will definitely go back to her. But if I could take the two of them and take the best of both worlds and create the ultimate phone, what would that be? So that's, I mean, that's the right question. That That is, uh, I'll be writing some of these thoughts down for the final part, which runs next week. But um, the Franken phone I have in mind takes the Windows Phone home screen to start because I like these tiles. I like that they can show more detail and I like that I can resize apps to indicate their importance. But on Windows Phone, I just get one home screen. So all of your apps are, that you choose to include on your main home screen there are in one long scrolling vertical column. I like that, but I think I want to have take that and marry it to the uh, iPhone's multiple home screens. So I want to have multiple Windows-style home screens. That's mm-hmm. thing one. Then I want to add the Windows Phone alphabetical list of apps because when you swipe to from, from right to left on your Windows Phone, you go from your main home screen to this alphabetical listing of apps. You can tap on a specific letter you're after. You can search. It's sort of like the spotlight thing, but sometimes I can't remember exactly what the name of an app is and... Sometimes I, you know, I, I don't want to go to Spotlight if I, there's, there's something pleasant about having that sortable alphabetical list of apps and I feel like iOS would do well to emulate it. Mm-hmm. So I want that. I definitely want the iPhone's notification center, no doubt about it. I want the iPhone's battery life or better if I can have it. Um, and I want to take the Windows phone keyboard suggestions and put them on top of the iPhone keyboard. I think I even would take the Windows Phone screen size, the Nokia, I should say the, the Nokia Lumia 920 screen size and put that on my iPhone because I've been enjoying that extra real estate. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple other Windows innovations. Mostly I, 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 still, I definitely want more iPhone stuff. You know, I want Siri. I want the iPhone apps that I have been missing. Um, but there's this other piece that Windows Phone does nicely where I can put extra stuff on my home screen. They call it pinning. So... Some apps let you pin specific views onto your home screen. It's sort of like what you can, the way you can drag a URL or a folder or file into the dock on your Mac. Mm -hmm. You can sort of pin similar content to your home screen on the Windows phone in a way that you mostly can't do on the iPhone. You can pin a web page, I guess, to the iPhone's home screen. But I can say, you know, I want to have this other city's weather forecast also on my home screen. So I've got two different forecasts on my home screen. Or I took my wife and nonviolently pinned her to my home screen. So now I can tap on my wife's icon on the home screen and I can very quickly go to call her, email her, text her. And it, it also, since it's connected to her Facebook account, the, her live tile on my home screen will update. If she uploads a new photo to Facebook, it'll show me that new photo from Lawrence. Usually one of our kids takes up Lauren's little tile there. And that stuff, I mean, it feels like something Apple would never do, but it's cool. You know, yeah. I, I, it felt a little bit like uh, gimmicky when I heard it described, but in practice, it worked out very well. Mm-hmm. So that's that sort of thing where you can take any little bit of content and pin it to your home screen. I want that on my, my Franken phone as well. So having made the switch, however briefly, does this tempt you now to try an Android phone? Uh, well, this coupled with Andy and Otko's uh, switch definitely has me tempted. And I so I was talking to some of the, the powers that be at our mutual employer to say, you know, has Andy now ruined my chance? Can I no longer on the company's dime test out an Android phone for a month? And they said, well, you can you can definitely do it because more perspectives are good. But ideally, you won't switch to it. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know if that's for, you know, for the sake of my day job or just so we don't have the same story twice. But I mean, the the truth is, I think that it's there are many, many iPhone owners who, with an understandable motivation behind it, feel like there is no chance that any of these competitors 
uh, are worth taking a look at. And I think that's wrong. I think that certainly for me, for my use, Windows Phone has too many flaws to be my daily phone. But if suddenly Apple said we are out of the iPhone business and I had a Switch, I could handle it. It's a fine experience, and it's you know I've I've heard from Mac using Apple loving people who have you know the David Nanian who's the guy behind Super Duper, mm-hmm. uh, he's a Windows Phone user, and um, you know there there are plenty of folks like him. It's a fine phone, but I think that yeah, certainly I have proven to myself that there is there is life outside of the iPhone, and that, that some of these other vendors are getting their acts together. You know, and if Andy can be believed, and I I tend to trust Andy, uh, Android has made similar developments to to be at least worth considering and and not meriting only a, a simple write off. Well, it's not Apple, so it can't be good. Right. Okay. So for those who wish to relive Lexus experiences, you can find the series "An iPhone Fan's Month with Windows Phone." Weeks one, two, three, and uh, week four will be coming up next week, I assume. That's right. Uh, check them out because they're wonderful. The comments are always interesting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that your reactions were not quite so uh, uh, strong as, as Andy's. Yeah, and you know, I think that there's... I don't... I love our commenters. I love that they're engaged and that they have things to say. I don't necessarily think that the fact that I have gotten less heat reflects well on everybody i think it's because i have come out and said this is not going to end up being the phone for me <laughs> yeah i think the andy vitriol came because he switched and they felt betrayed and how could you do this and the reason is because people got to do what's best for them i you know if if microsoft makes a windows phone that adds notification center emulates siri more fully if you know there's a better email app and stuff like that i would I am not averse to switching if if there's good reason to, and I think that it's it's okay for people to feel that way, and we shouldn't we shouldn't begrudge them feeling that way. I agree, and uh, thank you very much, Lex. Well, thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure. And that wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com. Or you could leave us a voicemail at 415-967-3622. Also be sure to check out Play This, the digital entertainment podcast produced by our friends at TechHive. If you like technology and the entertainment it helps provide, you'll love Play This, available on iTunes everywhere. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, macOS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you around.